All right. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to continue with an offertory prayer. And it'll be on your screen in just a moment, and you'll be able to pray with us. This is a prayer from Thomas Akimpus. It goes like this. Lord, you know what is best. Let this be done or that be done as you please. Give what you will, as much as you will, when you will. Do with me as you know best, as will most please you, and will be for your greater honor. Place me where you will, and deal with me freely in all things. I am in your hand. Turn me about whichever way you will. Behold, I am your servant, ready to obey in all things. Not for myself do I desire to live, but for you. Would that I could do this worthily and perfectly. Amen. Amen. Uh, there on your screen, you should see some uh, different ways, opportunities, uh, different ways that you can give. And uh, we appreciate your, your faithfulness as you continue to, uh, to give and invest uh, in the vision uh, that God has given us here. Uh, so we're thankful for you in that. Uh, as Austin said, we're uh, doing some renovating, uh, some changes that we're really excited about and can't wait to uh, unveil for you to see. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be finish, finishing that up this week and be able to be back uh, in the building uh, next Sunday. And so uh, pray, for, pray for that, pray in, in that direction. Uh, in the meantime, there is a women's event coming up on Saturday, um, this coming Saturday, that's June the 19th, from 10 to 12 uh, a.m. in the venue upstairs. Um, you may know that as the youth area, but it's uh, the venue meeting room upstairs. You can sign up on the Riverstone app, or you can sign up also through the Facebook app or uh, the Instagram app. Uh, and this will be a gathering of women for uh, just reconnecting, fellowship together, uh, to talk about future events and just spend some time together. So there'll be food there uh, and all your friends will be there. So sign up and come. All right. This is our third uh, in the three-week series on spiritual gifts. So this, this will be the last message of this series. Uh, but learning about and growing in the gifts of the Spirit is a lifetime process. And so we will continue uh, to learn together and uh, seek uh, to, to be more obedient and more sensitive to the leading of the Spirit in our lives uh, forever. And we'll do that individually. We'll do it corporately. Uh, we have looked so far, uh, the first week we looked at the gifts of revelation, uh, being word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Uh, the second week, we looked at gifts of power. Uh, the gifts of power were our miracles, faith, and healing. And today, we'll look at gifts of communication. Now, uh, interesting thing about the gifts of communication is that typically, communication involves two parties at least. So it's kind of a, a back and forth. And so we'll, we'll see how that uh, works uh, today as we talk about tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, and how it's not just the person who is expressing the gift, but the person who is receiving uh, the gift as well. Um, there's a, an anointing uh, by the Spirit, a work of the Spirit, 
uh, in both. So uh, we're going to read again from 1 Corinthians 12, uh, the verses that we have been using. This is, uh, we've used these verses because they deal with uh, spiritual gifts in the corporate setting, in a congregational setting, and that uh, seems to be the best way for us to get at it uh, for our uh, use. So, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 1. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one, just as He determines. All these, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one as he deter- just as He determines. And then from uh, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And I also want to read uh, today from uh, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of of Christ. Lord, I pray that, that you would speak to us uh, today, uh, that you would teach us. Uh, you have promised uh, Holy Spirit will teach us uh, all things, and, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us today about your gifts and about how to use uh, the gifts that you have given us. Uh, we love you, we trust you, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, so today, as I said, we're talking about the gifts of communication, and we'll start with uh, the gift of tongues. Uh, short working definition for the gift of tongues would be spontaneous 
inspired utterance by Holy Spirit where the normal voice organs are used, but the conscious mind plays no part. Uh, Languages spoken or sung are entirely unlearned. Uh, We do not believe uh, that the gift of tongues is necessary or the necessary sign of being filled with the Spirit. Uh, There there are some who believe that and teach that. We we do not. We also do not believe that speaking in tongues should be forced on anyone. Uh, But we also recognize in Scripture that this is the only gift that the Bible teaches us can be used for personal edification. And so it it is a gift uh, that is beneficial to you. Uh, All the other gifts God will use primarily for you to bless others and to help others, whereas uh, there is an aspect of this gift of tongues that is self-edifying that God will use actually to grow you uh, into a deeper place with him and and to increase intimacy with him. And and because of that, uh, I do believe that uh, the gift of tongues, or specifically tongues as a prayer language, uh, is something that uh, I would encourage everyone Uh, to consider, to seek, uh, to ask God for. Now, there are three types uh, of tongues that we find in in Scripture. One is uh, utterance that is not understood by the speaker, but is understood by the hearers without an interpretation. We find this in Acts chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, the events of Pentecost, uh, when uh, the, the speakers uh, speak in unknown tongues, the tongues are unknown to the speakers, but the tongues are known to the hearers. Uh, they actually say, we heard you in our own language. Uh, I've seen this happen a couple of times. Actually, uh, in my life, I, there was a time at a, at a youth camp when uh, one of our students was praying in tongues for someone from France, uh, a French student, and the French student actually heard uh, our student praying in French. Uh, He was using his prayer language, praying in tongues. He'd never studied French, didn't know French, but the French person heard in his own language. Um, Second type of tongues uh, is tongues in public worship, where the language is unknown and should be followed by an interpretation uh, given by the Spirit. We had an example of that last, last Sunday. Somebody gave a message in tongues, and we waited uh, for the interpretation. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 27 tells us uh, that we should do that. And uh, so there's tongues in public worship where the language is unknown to, to anyone in the room uh, and should be followed by an interpretation given by the Spirit. And then the third uh, type of tongues uh, I mentioned earlier is the use of tongues in private, which many call that having a prayer language. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.4 refers to this. And and with a prayer language, there is no interpretation that is necessary, but but you can ask for one. Uh, If you find yourself praying in the Spirit and you want to know, just ask the Lord to, to give you an interpretation. Now, uh, public use of tongues 
I believe, should be done under uh, distinct anointing. There's a difference between uh, the gift of tongues that's used in corporate worship and the gift of tongues for a prayer language. If you have a prayer language, you can use that anytime you want to. Uh, When you're praying uh, in your quiet time, in your prayer closet, you, you can pray using that gift of tongues anytime. In corporate worship, in that setting, uh, I, I believe that you should only use uh, the gift of tongues in corporate worship under uh, clear anointing. Uh, the thing about the gifts is that uh, the Bible teaches us that um, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, if I have a gift, I don't have to use it. I can use it. Um, and so if you have a message in tongues in a corporate worship service, it should be clear to you that God is leading this, not just that you decided today would be a good day to do this. Uh, and so you don't decide, and I don't decide, when uh, the corporate body needs a message in tongues. But our, our desire, our hope is that God would decide and that we would only uh, operate in obedience to him in that regard. Uh, so why does God use this, this unusual gift of speaking in tongues? And, and one, I would say, is uh, as a sign of his kingdom. I remember back uh, the illustration that I gave at the youth camp, the French person who heard in his own language as this uh, American teenager prayed for him in tongues was not a believer. Uh, But this captured him and awakened him uh, to the reality of God. He thought, if God cares enough about me to speak to me in my own language through a person who doesn't even know that language, uh, how amazing this God must be. And so a sign of the kingdom of God often comes uh, through the use of this gift Another purpose of this gift is unity, which a lot of we'll we'll see uh, the communication gifts really are to foster unity and to bring the church together, and and this is how it works. One person speaks uh, with this gift of tongues, another interprets, and then everyone is blessed. And so you actually have the opportunity for the entire church to benefit from the use of this gift. Uh, It is meant for the edification of all. Now, I said earlier uh, that the gift of tongues can be used for personal edification, and that is true privately. But publicly, in a corporate setting, the idea is that everyone would be edified. Uh, In the book of Jude, verses 20 and 21, we find these words. But you, beloved building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And then from 1 Corinthians 14, verses 4 and 5, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more, to prophesy. Uh, Tongues often will trigger prophecy. 
you'll have a, someone give a message in tongues, and then the interpretation will be a prophetic word that God wants uh, to speak over a congregation. Tongues can also serve as a means for intimacy with God as well as a tool for intercession. I remember years ago being in India, and we were ministering in uh, some homes that were specifically uh, homes for dying women. And it was just a really frustrating place to try to, to do ministry uh, initially because no one, none of the people that we were praying for uh, spoke English. They didn't understand anything that we were saying. And I struggled a whole first day wondering, you know, are we doing anything? Are we accomplishing anything? What's going on here? And then the second day in this home, I felt like the Lord said, just, you know, pray in tongues, just minister, just get your mind off of what you, you know, trying to say the right thing and just uh, use your prayer language and pray for these ladies. And I spent that whole day uh, praying in tongues from, from one uh, dying woman to the next, just going through throughout this, this home, praying for these women who, who uh, needed healing and they needed a touch from the Lord and they needed to know uh, that God is real and that he loves them. And as I prayed from person to person uh, in this home, uh, I could see that the first day, all I saw were blank stares. The second day, I promise you, uh, the look in their faces was, made me believe that they understood uh, what I was saying and, and what I was praying. So uh, a couple of things of interest uh, in regards to this message, this gift of tongues, which obviously it's one of the uh, most controversial uh, gifts. I'm not really sure. I think it's just because of its unusual nature. Uh, if you do a, script, a study of Scripture, it's clear that this is a, a legitimate gift, and, and there's nothing in Scripture that indicates that, uh, that it has disappeared or is, is no longer in use. In fact, what 1 Corinthians 14.5 says, Paul speaking, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. That's what Paul said. And then a couple of verses later, verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I speak in tongues more than, more than any of you. And so this was clearly a gift uh, that Paul had value for and, and used, and uh, so much so that he wanted uh, everyone in the church uh, to have it. Now, the second gift in this communication list uh, is the gift of interpretation. And we would define it this way, supernatural revelation through Holy Spirit, which enables the Christian believer to communicate in the listener's language a message spoken in another tongue. And so you, you hear a message in tongues that's an unknown tongue, but you have an interpretation that is in a known tongue that communicates to us, interprets for us uh, what God is saying. Now, understand that as, as mysterious as this gift of tongues is, uh, the interpretation is just as supernatural as the message in tongues. And tongues and interpretation partner with faith and humility uh, and the, the willingness, really, uh, to be tested when you have uh, a word of interpretation, you have to be willing to present it uh, to the church and, and even say, you know, this is, uh, 
in humility, this is what I believe God is saying, and have your word tested. Uh, when a tongue is given, and I think this is a place where, where, we, where we miss it sometimes, when a tongue is given, every believer in the room should pray for an interpretation. And what happens is that a tongue is given and the room is kind of divided up into groups. Some are praying for interpretation. Some are praying, oh, I hope someone has an interpretation. Some are praying, oh, I hope that my Aunt Susie, who's visiting from somewhere, didn't hear that. And, you know, it's just a broad spectrum of how we deal with it when, in reality, if we will be united together in the use of the gifts and understand uh, that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Uh, we can ask as a group, every one of us be willing uh, to step out there and say, God, is it me? Do you want me? Do you have a word for me? Do you want to speak through me? Uh, when a tongue is given, all believers should pray uh, for an interpretation. Now, Obviously, some people are very comfortable uh, with these gifts and some people are not. And for some people, this is something that they've been uh, seeing and hearing and walking in for years and years. And, and for others, it may be the first time. Uh, we, we had some people uh, with us last week. We had some visitors, uh, some people who are here for the first time. And, and we don't know when somebody's here for the first time what their background is, where they've come from. And so what we try to do, and what I think is wise to do, is when things like this happen, is to give some explanation. And so what we tried to do uh, last week was to explain, this is, this is a gift of tongues, and we're going to wait for an interpretation, and this is why. And so, you know, we want to be honest. Uh, we could dig our heels in and say that the gift of tongues is not unusual, that it should be normal, and maybe it should be, but it's not. Uh, it is unusual, and, and some people wig out over it, and we don't want to uh, dig our heels in and deny that. We just want to deal with it. And the fact is, uh, when someone speaks in tongues, I promise you there are people in the room who are uncomfortable with that. And the best, best way forward in that is to give some explanation and to make it seem as normal as we can, uh, but remember the context of what we're talking about in regards to normal. We're talking about normal in the context of God. And so normal in the context of God is pretty incredible. And so just keep that in mind as we go forward. Now, the third uh, in the list of the gifts of communication is the gift of prophecy. Now, I want to say clearly that, you know, it's easy to understand how the gift of tongues has a giver and a receiver because one person's giving a message in tongues and then somebody else is interpreting. Uh, but I also want to say that when it comes to the gift of prophecy, that it is communication as well. And so there's both a giver and a receiver. And uh, the temptation when a gift of prophecy is given, when a message in prophecy is given, the temptation is uh, to twist and stretch and, and try to make it fit. And, you know, is that for me? Let me see if I can make that for me. Uh, I believe that a prophetic word, when it is for you, 
You don't have to twist it and shape it and make it fit. I believe that when a prophetic word is for you, you will know it. And so we want to, on the receiving end, we want to be surrendered and submitted to the Holy Spirit to the point where we're not trying to make every word fit us, but we're allowing God uh, to show us when a word is for us and when it's not. So a word of prophecy would be ability given by God to receive and communicate an immediate message of God to his gathered people. Now, a a prophetic word can be foretelling or forthtelling. Prophetic words as forthtelling is simply telling the truth, speaking the truth. Most preaching is prophetic. It's speaking the truth about God. When it's foretelling, it's telling something that's going to happen, uh, something that is in the future. Now, often, uh, a word of knowledge and word of prophecy will work together. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. Years ago, uh, we had actually uh, left Athens and moved here, and we had been in Marietta for 18 months. And for 18 months, I was just torn back and forth between uh, looking back and, and missing uh, what I had left in Athens and also wondering, uh, as we settled back into Marietta, wondering if my best days in ministry were gone, you know, if that you know, eight years in Athens was you know, the high water mark and if we could ever get to a place like that again. And so I'm in the midst of this wrestling match, uh, and we, my wife and I went to North Carolina, visited a church. We were in this church uh, for a prayer, an all-night prayer gathering. Nobody knew us. Nobody knew uh, what we did, who we were. They knew nothing about us. And uh, in the middle of that service, the associate pastor stood up and started giving prophetic words. And after he'd given two or three He said, I have time for one more. And he pointed at me and he said, 18 months ago, you left a job you dearly loved. Now, there's no way that he could know that. Uh, He didn't know me. He didn't know where I'd come from. He certainly didn't know that I had left uh, a job that I dearly loved 18 months before. That was a word of knowledge. He followed that with, God wants you to know he has you right where he wants you, and the best is yet to come. That was a word of prophecy. So God gave me a word of knowledge that quite honestly got my attention. And then he gave me a word of prophecy. Uh, Now, I said earlier that when someone gives a prophetic word, you don't twist it and shape it and try to make it fit. God will give you. I I believe there will be a yes in your spirit. You will know if it's for you or not. I'll give you an example of that. When when I was 18 years old, I'd been a Christian for two weeks when my pastor put me up in front of the church on a Sunday morning to give my testimony. I'm two weeks old as a believer. And after I share my testimony, I'm walking off the platform, and he stands up in the pulpit as I'm walking back to my seat, And he says to the whole church, 
I'll give you a prophetic word. And he points at me and he says, uh, that young man will lead thousands to Jesus. Now, I had no thought in that direction. I had no aspirations to be the next Billy Graham, nothing like that. I was just happy to be saved. I was just glad to know that my sins were forgiven and that I was going to heaven when I died. That, That was about as far as I had gone in two weeks as a believer. But when he spoke that word, something in my spirit said, it's true, it's true, that will happen. And I believed it and I walked it for the rest of my life. Now, it wasn't, again, the gifts of the spirit are not to show how good we are, but to show how good God is. And so that prophetic word was not to speak a word about me to say how good I would be. It was a word about God to show how kind and how generous he would be to me in my life. So why, uh, why prophecy? Why, why does God use prophecy? Why is it important uh, in our lives? One, God always uses prophecy to glorify Jesus. Uh, number two, Uh, God uses prophecy to build us up and to encourage both individuals and groups. And third, uh, God uses prophecy as a sign of the kingdom to unbelievers. Now, it's important, I want to mention five ways uh, that God uses uh, these gifts of communication, whether we're talking about tongues or interpretation or prophecy. Uh, God will always use them in love, God will always use them in order. God will sometimes use them quietly and sometimes loudly. Sometimes God will use them through spoken words. Sometimes God will use, uh, speak prophetically uh, through dreams, through visions, uh, even through art and through songs. But always these gifts are sought and used in humility. If love is the aim for both the giver and the receiver, then tongues, interpretation, and prophecy will become a beautiful part of corporate worship. Let me say that again. If love is the aim for both giver and receiver, prophecy will become and tongues will become, an interpretation of tongues will become a beautiful part of corporate worship. Spiritual gifts have been mishandled in the past. Spiritual gifts have been mishandled and it has hurt the church. But handled with humility and accountability and according to Scripture, the use of spiritual gifts in a corporate setting, and in a personal setting, will be a beautiful thing. Now, as we get ready to close this service today, I want to give you a couple of things. I uh, took some time to pray and just ask the Lord to give me uh, uh, some prophetic words for you, for those of you who are listening today. And again, I want to say this. 
It's easy sometimes, especially uh, if it's a prophetic word that is somewhat general, it's easy to make it, to take it and make it fit your situation. And I just want to encourage you not to do that. I want to encourage you to listen to the heart of God. And, and if, if there is a yes in your spirit, you will know uh, if one of these words is for you. Uh, now, sometimes, if accompanied by a word of knowledge, uh, like the word I received in North Carolina, it's, it's pretty hard uh, not to know that it is for you. Uh, but the things I want to share today are not necessarily that uh, specific. So these are probably more prophetic words than uh, words of knowledge, but let's, let's just do this. Uh, the first thing I, I felt like the Lord was saying that there's someone uh, in our listening uh, group who has a decision that is pressing on you, uh, and it's a decision that you're anxious about, and it's a decision that you feel like you need to make uh, quickly, uh, if not immediately. And, and I felt like the Lord was saying, wait. Uh, just wait. Just push pause. Uh, even though it feels like you need to, to move quickly, you, you don't. Push pause and wait. And wait for God to give you the green light to go. Uh, second, I feel like that the uh, Lord was saying that there's someone who is in conflict with a neighbor. And this conflict, um, you feel like, is not your fault. And that this person should make the first move. Uh, but I feel like God is saying make, for you to make the first move towards reconciliation. Uh, so... Uh, if that's you, just weigh it out, ask the Lord to give you confirmation. And then the third one, and, and I'm not sure about this, but uh, as I prayed, I felt like God was saying there's a long-term relationship. And uh, I wasn't sure whether that, uh, it could be a job that you've had for a long time, or, or it could be a uh, a marriage could be that you've been married, and, uh, but it's, it's a long-term relationship, something that has existed. You've been with uh, this person or this company for a long time. And it seems to have lost, and the word that I got was flavor. And I feel like that that may be um, a, a word of knowledge because I, I think that that is such a specific uh, description that maybe this is a word that you've used uh, yourself to describe uh, the situation, that it's lost flavor. And, and God's word to you is don't quit. Uh, and that's as specific as I, I can get on that. I don't want to try to uh, go further or explain it more because I think, it, I think when you do that with, with prophecy, you, you diminish it rather than increase it. So just simply say long-term relationship, that's lost flavor, and God's word is don't quit, okay? I'm going to pray uh, for us, and I encourage you uh, to continue to pray into those things. Uh, you may know immediately uh, that one of those is for you, uh, and if that's the case, uh, do what you need to do with it. If you need to reach out to, to me or somebody else on staff, 
for some prayer in, in regard to that, we would be happy to, to pray with you and talk with you about it further. So, uh, let's pray. God, thank you for today. I thank you for this series, and we just thank you for your gifts. Uh, Holy Spirit, we, we love the way you work. We, we love the way uh, you teach and shape and lead, and uh, we're thankful that you have given these gifts to the church for the building up of the body, for the work of ministry. And so I pray, uh, mature us, grow us up, uh, continue uh, to show us more and more and more how to use the gifts that you have given. And uh, Lord, as we continue in this lifelong process of discipleship, uh, mature us, strengthen us, make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.